Now, Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 2, we, this has been our theme verse the whole time. Everything that Paul says in, his, uh, in the whole message, in the whole book, is wrapped around this verse. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. And at the beginning of the book, he talks a lot about what does it mean to live a life full of love. And he talked about how much Jesus loved us. And then he gave examples of how we can follow Christ. In fact, last chapter was full of examples of what Jesus was asking us to do in demonstrating this life of love. Today, we're going to look more about how he offered himself as a sacrifice for us. At the end of the book, he's like, wives, love your husbands the same way that Jesus you know, sacrificed and submitted, you know, to God and to us and, and to the world with his life. Men, love your wives, submit and die, sacrifice for your wives. And so what he's saying is our best foot forward is to begin with submission. And so that's verse 2, and he starts on the inside. So if you have the outline, and I've got some extra outlines, and by the way, if you're sitting up in the balcony, we have all of the outlines on the table where we have communion in the back, and so uh, they can pass some of those out if you want an outline. I think it's going to be important at the end of the message, if, but right now, let's fill in some of the blanks. Live as people of light. And so he says, chapter 5, verse 8, For once you were full of darkness, but now have light from the Lord. So you have this light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. It's like there was a time when you did not live in the full power of the Holy Spirit. When you did not walk, you would rather walk according to the power of the darkness of this world, this life. And so maybe you made different decisions. But he's like now that you've made a decision that you want to give your whole heart to God... God has said, I'm going to take my Holy Spirit and plant it in you. And then whenever you're walking in darkness, whenever you don't know the decision to make, whenever you don't know the direction to take, the Holy Spirit will shine the light on and point you in the direction that you should go. Now, sometimes it's just where he'll speak into your mind, don't do that, don't go there, don't say that. Other times it's like, man, this is a big decision. Should I move? Should I not? Should I take this job? Should I not? Is this relationship going to go in the direction of God? And so he follows that up with number two. Ask what pleases the Lord. Ask what pleases the Lord. And verse 10, that's all he really says. And he's like, so I love the way it words. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Now that means that we should pause before every major decision. We should pause before always acting on things. I love this. That's why we pray in the morning. That's why we get up early. That's why we have our quiet times in the morning. And we carefully consider, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Where are we going to go? How can I please you in all things? If two of you are disagreeing about something, stop and ask, God, what is it that you want as we work this out? And he's already given us a lot of ideas about that. Make every effort, he said in the last chapter to keep the spirit of peace and the bond of unity. So I know that pleases the Lord. And so I stop and I pause and I ask, okay, God, what is it that you want from me now? It's just a very important verse. And then begin on the inside. And this is from the inside out. And so look at what he says in verses three and four as we begin on the inside. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. So it's like, 
These, these are things that go on in our head and in our heart. And it's like, don't let that exist because if it takes root inside your heart, it's going to come out, the next verse, in obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. And these are not for you. That's not the way we live. That's not the way we talk. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Hey, did you hear the one about, oh, man. And he's like, at some point, I hope you get to where that just turns your stomach a little bit. That you just, you want to run away from that. Yeah, but it's funny. Yeah, but it's not of God. Right? And so it's like, this starts on the inside. And if it takes root on the inside, somehow it's going to come out. And it, and it could be embarrassing. You could find yourself saying and doing things and acting in ways that you know is not pleasing to the Lord. Then in verses 12 and 13, he said this, it's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. And so if you're like, I don't know what to do. Somebody, they're sharing with me and they're doing this stuff and I know it's going to hurt them or somebody else and it's not right, what do I do? Well, you shine the light on it. You just... You turn the light on. And it doesn't mean you have to expose in ways that's going to embarrass somebody. You can do it privately, but you turn the light on. You speak with them or you speak with somebody about how can we turn this around so that we can save you know, their soul and point them in a good direction and no one else gets hurt. These are very, very important because it sets the groundwork for what he's going to talk to us about in a minute about relationships. And here's the thing, in, in, in just a few minutes, I want to get into a conversation about how husbands ought to treat their wives and wives ought to treat their husbands. But we know, and maybe even some, uh, enough people in here have been wounded by bad relationships or people who did not do some of these things. And so even as I share the list and I want to go over it with you and, and even make it so that it's fun, I know some of it's not fun. Because some people carry pain for the violation of some of these things. And so even before he gets into all of that, he's trying to say, please, get rid of this early. When it's still on the inside, just get rid of it. Shine the light on it. So that in the future, people aren't hurt or wounded by decisions that we make. And then as he continues, he says in verses 18 through 20, don't be drunk with wine. Look at the way he says it. He's not beating somebody over the head with... He's like, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Do you see how gentle he's trying to be? And he's like, just listen, there's a better way to live. And if this is what you fill your life with, it's going to lead in a place that's not good. And he does not want that to happen. He said, instead, turn on Caleb. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves. Make music to the Lord in your hearts. You know, just sing the hymns of the Lord. That's what God is listening to. Fill your mouth up with things of God. And when you do, there's not going to be time for other. It doesn't make sense to get drunk when you want your life to be full of the Lord. Amen? That's what he says. like, just listen, you're going to fill your life with something. Choose wisely. Carefully consider what pleases the Lord. And from the morning to the evening, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, fill your life with the Lord. Now, 
If we do all those things, it's now going to start showing itself in relationships. It's going to show itself in all of our friendships and all of that stuff. And so the key is submission. The key is submission. I don't know whenever that got to be a dirty word, you know, in our, uh, maybe because people were wounded by it. I tried to submit, by the way, all through Ephesians, he's saying we should submit one to another. Men to women, women to men, back, and all of us to each other. Do you know this only works when both people want to please the Lord? When you try to submit to someone who does not care about pleasing the Lord, there's going to be hurt, right? And some of us have done evangelistic dating, but I think I can turn them to the Lord. Or even marriages where we lived in hope where they would eventually turn and give their life to God and far too often there's too much pain I think it's I think it's not said enough and very wise advice you date you're going to marry who you date so date someone who loves the Lord more than you boy if you'll do that woo! I did I married someone who loved God way more than me I was not worth her love and so I've been but man did I marry well She's sitting up here. All y'all, if you know my wife, amen? Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, that means a lot. And And I'm sorry for the woundedness of those who married someone and they ran over you with love other than for you or God. I'm so sorry for that. And so today I want to talk about, for the rest of our time together, What does it look like when we really run after God first and let that set the foundation for how we treat each other? And so now as Paul begins to get into it, he begins with wives first. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is head of his wife as Christ is head of the church. That's just the role that he gave men. And it's, and it's like, man, I want you to lead your families, starting with your wife. I want you to lead them toward the Lord, right? And, and ladies, you ought to be able to take comfort and courage and faith and trust in that. And it doesn't mean he's going to run over you. It doesn't mean he's not going to consider you. In fact, later he's going to come back and tell men, this is how you do that. By dying for, by submitting to, by living unto, making her more important than yourself, just like Jesus did. So don't let that scare you. This, you, this is something that you should grab hold of. I want to follow somebody who loves the Lord more than me, and I want to follow him in that. He is the Savior of the body, speaking of Jesus, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in what? Is, now that's easier said than done, right? <laughs> right? Because we're not perfect. You know we're not perfect. And it, it, it can be easy wounds. You know, so, but have a heart where you're like, okay, I want to wholeheartedly give myself to my husband as he follows the Lord. And then he continues... Verse 25, for husbands. And listen, husbands, he gave us twice as much as he gave the wives, right? Probably because we need it twice as bad. So for husbands, this means love your wives 
just as Christ loved the church. And he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. That's our job. Your job, husbands, speaking of husbands, your job is to one day present your wife, this gift that God gave you, back to him, holy, pure, clean, washed by the word of the Lord. Right? That's our job. Our job is to keep them safe and pure and, and unblemished and unharmed, not hurt. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. These things are very important to women. And so we would, I listen, no spot, no wrinkle. Woo, I want some of that, right? And no blemish. Notice, don't wound them. Don't wound them. Consider carefully everything you say and do and consider them precious. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man, that's just getting practical. Do you love yourself? I mean, you may find it hard to love God, but how much do you love yourself? You don't want to hurt. If you don't want yourself to be hurt, if you want to be heard, if you want to be understood, then you begin by first understanding and listening. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. Now, I love verse 33. He just summed all of that up in this one verse. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Good book on that, right? About love and respect. And so, read that, but I think it's interesting. I'm I'm a man, so I can speak as a man. Do you know, ladies, do you know that a man would rather be unloved than disrespected? It's just the way that God wired us. And men, our wives see everything we do as a demonstration of love or not. And so, way back in Genesis chapter 3, it was the struggle. And so, you know, he said... To women, you know, you're going to have, when, when there was sin and Satan and, the, and we fell and we made the wrong decision back in the garden and God said to the serpent and you're cursed and you're going to go on your belly and from now on you're going to, I'm going to crush your head, right? Remember all that? Then right after that, he, he talked about the men and how we're going to have to work from the sweat of our brow, all that kind of stuff. And he said, women, you're going to have chain and pain in childbirth and your desire is going to please your husband. And you're like, whoa. What did it say? Your, your desire is to please your husband. That sounds like a good thing. And, and the men are like, well, yeah. But, but, but that's not what he was saying. In fact, the newer translations really have it better when it says your desire will be to take your husband's role. That's your struggle. Because we're inconsistent and we don't think things through all the time. The struggle for a wife is wanting to take over that role. And he's like, that's going to be part of your struggle. So he said, I'm asking you to choose well. Choose somebody who honors the Lord and then submit. And if you both do that, it'll be great. Now, I want to give you some practical suggestions on how we can do that. 
And so this is where I want you to take out the cards. And by the way, I have some extra ones up here. We have some in the back. I'm going to give you some 10 ways that uh, men can honor their women. The husbands can honor their wives. And I want to start with it. So here are 10 things that women need from men, that wives need from their husbands. Now, just so you know how good at this I am. Why are you laughing? Why did I... <laughs> so Friday I went home and I said, hey, babe, I need you to help me with my sermon. She's like, you do not need me to help me with your sermon. I said, yeah, I do. Because we're going to talk about husbands and wives. And what, do, what is it that women need for men? And I said, what is it that, I'm going to come up with a top 10 list. What is it that you need from me? And she said, well, first of all, I need your attention. And I said, uh, no, you don't. It didn't make my top 10. So obviously I'm not that good at this, right? She said, I need your attention. And then I need your physical touch. And I'm like, now you're talking. Here, we're getting somewhere. And then when I was riding down the road with my daughter, uh, I asked her the same question. And before I could even get the question, first and foremost, more than anything, we need your attention. And then number two, the way it shows itself is affection. I'm like, okay. So... Here we go. I'm going to give you, so, so now, I only gave you 10 slots to fill in, right? So, if you are a, a, a man and you're holding, I'm going to start with you. These are 10 things that our wives need from us. And if you're not married, then listen, the single ladies want all the single men to pay attention right now and you be working on these things. In fact, Joe, I was talking to Mackenzie you know, in the back. So y'all are engaged, right? So she was really glad that you were going to be here today. I'm just saying. <laughs> and she's like, he's so good at this. Or, okay, so, so uh, I really, this is really for everybody. So let's just start. And, and so uh, I only want the men taking notes right now. And I'm going to get, we're going to do the ladies here in a second. I only want the men taking notes. You've only got 10 slots. You're not going to fill your paper up with what your wife needs for you so that you can beat her over the head with it and vice versa. So we're going to start. Men, take notes. Women, do your best not to laugh or amen too loudly as I'm going over this. Number one, I need your attention. I put it, I put it, made it number one, babe. I need your attention. I need your attention. I need to know that you want to be with me. I need to know that I matter to you. When we go on a date, I want you only to have eyes for me. I, need, I want your attention. Because so many times I'm talking to you and you're doing this. Or you're staring at MTV with the remote in your hand. And you're like, duh, what did you say? She said, so I don't want to nag. So I, I really want your, I don't want to have to compete for your heart. So I need your attention. Number two, I need your affection, the way that it shows itself. And it's tender, and it's love, and it's, I just, I, I want to know that your heart is wrapped up in me, and that you can't wait at the end of the day to come home to me, and that, so I want, I want your affection, the, the tenderness of who you are, and, and what's in your heart. 
And it will show itself in cards and flowers or however your love language is, men, for your wives. But I want your affection. Number three, I need security. I need security. I need to know I'm safe when I'm with you. I need to know our future is safe. Our home is safe. Our love is safe. I don't like it when you go and tell jokes and I'm the, the wrong end of that joke. I don't love when you go and reveal things to other people that are supposed to be secrets with just us. And I need financial security. I, need, I, I just need to be secure. I need to know when I'm with you, I'm, I'm okay, I'm safe. And it's, it's, the foundation is solid. Number four, I need you to communicate. Hey, babe, how was work? Good. How's everything? I'm fine. How you doing? Good. I'm good. I'm fine. I need a little bit more than one-word answers. And so just communicate what's going on, what's in your heart. I hate hearing things from other people. I hate finding out later, too late, and I'm like, I had no idea. I didn't know. But more than that, I want to know that you want to share with me what's really going on, you know, in your heart, in your life. Talk to me. It makes me feel valued. And along with that, number five, I need you to be vulnerable. I know it scares you. I know you are, you're wired to be tough and to carry things and to make sure it's off. But, it's, but I love it when you open up and you're tender and you share with me things that, that scare you or things that make you timid or that you're unsure. I, I love you. When you share those things with me, then it lets me know how I can come and partner up with you and provide safety net and security around those things. It gives me an important role in your life if you'll just be vulnerable with me. Number six, I need you to be dependable. I need you to be dependable. Hey, honey, did you get that done? Yeah, I got that done. And I also did this and this and this and this. Did you get the milk? Oh, right? Because sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. We're inconsistent. And it provides shaky ground. I can never trust. And the reason they want us to be dependable is they don't want to nag. They don't want to ask over and over and over. But they know oftentimes they have to because we forget or we get busy. And so let's learn how to be dependable in all things. Moral, ethical, home, and just in all things. Be dependable. Number seven, I need godly direction. I need godly direction. Sometimes it's godly redirection that I can go in a way and I need you to say, have we carefully considered what pleases the Lord in these things? You know, my wife said it this way. You know, I need you to pray with me. I just, I want you to be proactive in leading our home in the things of God. I loved it when Kay Mack shared with me about her husband. They live in Kentucky. And she said... I remember the first time I couldn't find my husband at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. So I got up and I walked downstairs. And he was walking around his desk praying out loud. And I heard him praying for me and for our daughters. And I went back to bed with such security. Knowing that I married a man who cares about leading our family in the Lord. It's very important. It sets the foundation for all your decisions. And it lets, a lady, it lets your wife know 
that when another woman with ungodly intentions comes your way, you're not going to fall for it. Number eight, I need your passion. I need your passion, intimacy. I want to feel pursued by you. You know, run after me. I want to feel beautiful. I want, I, I want us to have heart connection. I want you to look at me with loving eyes. Sometimes it makes me feel good when you just say, have I told you lately that I loved you? So proud of you. Share it, say it over and over and over and over. We had a lady whose husband passed away uh, just a few months ago. And I loved it when she was talking about how, you know, we'd go shopping together. We'd go to the grocery store and I'd look up and he wouldn't be around. But I'd just start smiling because I knew I would find him over in the card aisle buying me at least two or three cards. It's just... I want your passion. I want to know that I have your whole heart. Number nine, I need to be your partner. I need to be your partner. Share with me things. I don't like big secrets. I don't like that you just run ahead and don't include me. Let's, especially big decisions. With our children, with our direction, with our jobs, where we live, how we live, what we do. I want to be, count me in. Let's do this together. I don't want to be your adventure. I want to go on an adventure with you. And allow me to do that. And number 10, I need to be inspired. I want to be inspired. I want your life to be fun and adventurous. And, and, and I, I want to look at you and say, I'm so glad. I get to, you're my husband and I get to partner with you. And so don't be negative. Don't all the time be putting things down. Don't always be mad about something. Just, let's, I want to be inspired. And then I gave you three bonus ones. <laughs> Just because there was a whole big list of what men, women really want from men. So here's, here's three bonus ones. I need you to remember our birthday, our anniversary. Listen, I'm going to tell on myself, babe. First year we got married, I forgot my wife's birthday. Oh, I know. It was worse than that. I'm telling you, it was. I was a painting contractor, and I got home. I don't know. It was like 7, 8.30, somewhere. It was late. And I got home, and I was so tired, and I went to the back to take a shower, and I said, what's for dinner? She's like, uh, uh, well, uh, uh. And I said, you, you haven't made anything for dinner? She said, uh, no, but I'll get right on that. I'm like, thank you. So I go to the back, take a shower, come out. I'm sitting on the couch. I turn on the television. The phone rings. It's Suzanne's sister. This is all I hear. Hello? Well, thank you. I'm glad somebody remembered. <laughs> the next year, I was so afraid that I was going to miss her birthday that I remembered it three months early and took her on a trip. And we were going out of town. She's like, where are we going? And I'm like, I'm taking you out. We're going on a trip. It's going to be awesome. Open up the glove compartment. She opened up the glove compartment. It was a birthday card. She said, thank you, babe. This is exciting, but it's not my birthday. <laughs> you remember? That was a fun trip too, wasn't it? It was a fun trip. We celebrated twice that year. And I've not forgotten it since. However, she also knows, hey, uh, you, know, you know what's coming up in a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, and she'll always say it's our kids' birthday. So I need to be I need to be praised. I need to be praised. Just tell me talk, tell me things that I want to hear. I want to be praised, and I need to be proud of you. I need to be proud of you. So when we go out to lunch today, don't embarrass me by by calling down the waitress or the waiter. Don't always show your anger out in public because it. Don't have fits of rage. Don't embarrass our children. I want to be proud of you. All right, so men, let's act like it. Okay, there's you. So next page. Now, thank you, ladies. Now it's time to reverse it. Ladies, now it's your turn. And if you need an extra sheet, if anybody needs a sheet, does anybody need a sheet? Raise your hand. Oh, nobody's going to raise their hand. Oh, I don't need a sheet. I've, I'm fine. All right, here we go. Ladies, number one, I need you to stop the insults in your attempt to change me. And I, listen, I know, we, I know we don't always think things through. But we get insulted everywhere we go. Just turn on the television and watch how easy it is for people to make fun of middle class men. It's everywhere. If you want to change me, speak to my heart. But you don't have to use insults to do it. That's a big one. All the men right now are saying amen silently. Right? (laughs) Number two, I need positive affirmation. We want to be praised. We want to know that we're getting things right. We miss it a lot. We get it wrong all the time. We already know it. Catch us doing something right. And when you do, tell us. And I'll tell you this, we'll work twice as hard to get something right again. Number three, I need to be adventurous. Ah, men need adventure. You know, and sometimes we drive too fast, stop doing that, men. And sometimes we, you know, act a little crazy, and and I do. And we need to be adventurous. We need you to give, we need you to encourage that, to keep that alive in us. I know it's safer if you make us safe. We like to just arise, go out on a hunt, slay something, and come back and say, Babe, guess what I did? And you're like, eh? whatever. Good for you. <laughs> Number four, I need to be secured in love. We're insecure. And I'm telling you, this is just how guys think. We watch you when you're getting dressed. And if we believe that you're spending more time trying to impress somebody else other than us, it makes us timid. So we want to know that what is in your heart is your desire to secure us in love. My wife is fantastic at securing me in her love. I don't, I don't care where she goes or who tries to take her heart and steal it from God or me. It will never happen. She has never violated that our entire dating or married life. It's huge to a man. Number five, I need physical intimacy. Just, it's true. Men want to be respected by physical intimacy, and we want it to be unearned. You know, I know that it's easy to make a joke, well, way to go, honey. You know, now, if okay, uh, you've earned it. Oh, 
We don't want to have to. Earn, we want to know that you that you desire us. That's that just goes to our ego, and it's part of how God wired us. Number six, I need room to be myself. <laughs> you talk to me, and it's like I need a little space here, babe. I just need some room. You process, ladies, very quickly. It takes us a little longer. Our emotions get flooded within three seconds. Sometimes all it takes is I need to talk to you about something, and we're flooded. Even before you make the next sentence. So if you'll recognize it, give us a little space, what you'll have in return will be much better than if we get flooded emotionally. So sometimes we just need a little room to be ourselves. Number seven, I need you to be fun. I think this goes both ways. But I love listening to my wife laugh. I love it when she makes everything fun. And and she does. And so I just, I love that. Sometimes I just sit back and I'll watch it. My kids will be laughing. It's just, it's awesome. But make things fun. You know, so often we easily gravitate toward the negative and the wrong. It's almost like things are never good enough. We got to always be fixing something or we always have to be doing something better. And sometimes it's just, man, things are fun. Let's make, I love it when you make things fun. Number eight, I need you to be patient. You know, be patient with me. I'm going to get there. It's taking me a lot longer than you. I'll get there. So there are sometimes I just need you to be patient. I need spiritual encouragement. I love it when my wife encourages me spiritually. When she's like, I need, we need to pray together. I need you to be the spiritual leader of our home. Our children need to hear a voice from God from you today. Right? Love that. I love that. And so give us spiritual encouragement. Help us be the men of God we've always longed to be. Number 10, I need home to be refreshing. We get beat up everywhere we go. Man, home needs to be a place that's refreshing, right? And in our home, it's always clean. You know, I just love, I love it. I love, but that men want to come home at the end of a day. You know, there are times, and I've heard men just say, at the end of the day, I'm really tired, but I don't want to go home because I'm going to get beat up, right? And so, I gave three more bonuses. <laughs> I hadn't even said anything. So, you know where this comes from? So, I got a text from my daughter. She was at work. And then she said, I just got to call you. So she called me. And she said, I just asked some of the men at work, and it was during the lunch break, and so we were all sitting around. And I said, guys, what do you need from women? She said, and they were like, I need you to keep me grounded, and I need you to be patient, and, and I need you to love me unconditionally, and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, that's really good. She said, then this one guy spoke up. He said, I need you to be on time. I need you to not question my Home Depot purchases. And when I say you can have half of the bathroom counter, that means keep all your stuff on your half of the bathroom counter. And another man looked at my daughter and said, that's why he's on wife number three. (laughs) Oh, my stars. And I need to know you're proud of me. I need to know you're proud of me. I want to please you. I want to go to heaven. I want to get things right. Help me. Help me do that. 
help me by encouraging me. So anyway, those are the lists. Now, they're only meant to be discussion starters. You can put them on your refrigerator if you have a refrigerator that still holds magnets or you can put it in your bedroom or you can put it on your bathroom counter if there's room. You can put it somewhere. But listen, you don't have, you don't have permission from me to take this to the other person and say, okay, now what are you going to work on? Right? You only have permission to say, I want to get all of these right. Where should I start? Right? I want to get this right. Where should I start? So there you go. So Paul is so wise. Let's get ready to take communion. I love in both of these that Paul said to the wives, submit unto the Lord and and let that be demonstrated in your relationship with your husband. And men, give your life for your wife the way that Jesus gave his life and died for the church. Let's do this well.